Hi, Sean. Nice to see you again. Um, you know, obviously, I know I've known you for quite a few years, and some of the support that you give youngsters now is sort of ex an experience you have in sport. Is what we want to talk about. Great. So, let me quick introduction so that people know who you are. Um, I see you as a triathlete, but you're a mum of two to Scott and Oscar. Mm -hmm. You're married to another ex triathlete, Paddy, and you've made St Albans your home for the last 25 plus years. And you know, I know how good you are at beerising. So, I wanted to start, get you in here. We'll be talking about the Commonwealth Games and tell us a bit more about your background, how you got into, let's say, triathlon. And well, you know, just just tell us a bit more about yourself. Give us a bit of insight into into sport that you're involved in. Well, hi. First of all, thanks for having me. And um, yeah, it's a great opportunity. I'm absolutely passionate about sport. It gave me an amazing uh, kind of life I've, as I was growing up into my teens, and even now, doing sport um, is a hugely important part of my life. And I do. I'm absolutely passionate about that. How important it is for uh, mental health as well as physical health. Right. So that's one of the reasons um, I guess I've kept going and I've got involved with coaching and advising and helping people find a passion as well. Oh, um, brilliant. So, I mean, I know you as... The first time I knew about you as sport, I think I was sat with your husband on a train and we talked about where you'd been at our previous holiday and we said, I said, gone to Australia. And I said to... And Paddy said to me, yeah, we were there. And he said... Round about the, I said to him, "What round about? You went to watch the Olympics?" And he actually said, "No, Sean was in it," and I always fell off the seat. And so from that point onwards, I've like, "Whoa, Sean Bryce!" <laughs> so yeah. tell us a bit about triathlon. Obviously, we're thinking about the Commonwealth Games is coming up. Triathlon's part of the Commonwealth Games, and you, you're going to tell me a bit about your involvement in it. But what is triathlon for anybody who doesn't know what it is? Yeah, so triathlon involves swimming, cycling and running without stopping in between. Lots of people, you can get involved with it at home, doing sprint triathlons, starting in a swimming pool, um, doing a little, you know, off. They do kids ones where they do run, uh, cycling around the field and then running around the field. And that progresses to then obviously off on normal roads. So you're cycling on normal roads and then running on normal roads or in a park or something. So how, how far? What's yeah, the so, so the actual come off games, which is called Olympic distance, um, is... Uh, 1500 meter swim a 40k bike ride and then a 10k run wow and then okay. it can take you know a good time for a, a first you know first time for people who've never done it before is maybe nearer three hours a good time for a pro is maybe two hours wow wow um the difference is that if you're not a pro in a pro you can cycle as a as a pack so you draft the bike time becomes very fast yeah as a as a non-pro as an amateur they're very strict about cheating by getting on the back of someone's wheel. Okay. So you have this 10 meter rule where if you're going to overtake someone, you have to start, pull out and overtake them and leave so like a 10 meter. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, it seems like a really hard endurance race because you've got to be good at three things. Mm. Or if you're not, you've got to be good at at least two of them to cape up with the one bit that you're not good at. So yeah. it starts with a swim. The swim, yeah, yeah. And then onto the bike and the run. Inter interestingly, most people that go into triathlon, they hate the swim. They, well, they don't hate the swim, but the swim is the big challenge. And then they kind of get through it, especially open water where you, there's a, you know, you're not swimming in a lane. So there's quite a lot of bashing around, people trying to swim over the top of you. Yeah. Even quite good swimmers are almost relieved once they're on 
real land and they yeah. kind of their race starts you know a lot of people you it because the ones a lot of olympic distance for example in the Commonwealth games they'll be swimming in the in the lake or you know in okay. the lake and um it, that's quite different because it might be cold like i say it's very busy it's a bit of a bum fight especially yeah. at the start and for certainly for amateurs that you know some people have panic attacks and have to just they don't necessarily get out, but they might just swim to the side of where all the melee is and just take a breather, <laughs> do a few strokes, breaststroke, yeah. and then go back to doing front crawl. So the swim part, I'd say, is kind of the biggest challenge, even just because of the nature of it, as opposed to the physical effort. Yeah. You know, you do the swim to get through it. And then, unless obviously you're professional level, and then all three have got to be very good. Um, but then the bike, yeah, the bike is... Uh, a large, if you think about the, them down in time, an Olympic distance, you might take 30 minutes for a swim. Okay. And the pros take under 20. Okay. And then on the bike, you know, the pros take under an hour, but you might take an hour, 30, an hour, 40. And then the 10K is what it is, you know, anything from 30 minutes up to an hour plus. But the bike is actually the longest time. So that's the one you can often make the biggest inroads. So okay. I, when I coach people, I say... You know, the swim, what you need to be doing is get good enough so you're not exhausted. So you yeah. know you can do the distance and you know you're not going to have a panic attack. Yeah. And then you yeah. can just get through that, kind of tick. And then on the bike, you know, really that's when you want to go for it if you're trying to do a good time. Or yeah. even if you, you know, it's important to kind of concentrate on the bike, A, to make sure you don't crash or anything, and B, so that you get to the end actually, you know, thinking, right, I did a good job there. And then now just, I've just, the run is more survival yeah, yeah. for everyone. So who, who do you find goes into triathlon? Does it tend to be athletes or swimmers or, is there a, is there a real, yeah. is it just a mix? Well, I, these days, I mean, I think it's, it, it's often runners, running clubs often have a little group of people that also then have started cycling and mm. then maybe say have a group that I go to the lake um, at Denham Lake quite a lot on a Saturday morning and there's often a group of St Aldous striders there who are swimming in the lake. Right. So I think it does come. Um, nowadays more people are taking up cycling so yeah. there might well be a lot of people who maybe were like rugby players or something who yeah. don't see themselves as a runner have taken up cycling and then for a tr- challenge me or for charity yeah or yeah. i there's quite a few people who sign up to travelers when they're drunk because a oh. mate's persuaded them <laughs> or even been bought it for a joke like 40th or 50th birthday present oh my gosh that's, <laughs> that's a really good stag present yes exactly <laughs> you will do a traveling <laughs> oh, no. so let's think think back then let's go back a few years where did you first get interested in this did you so you are originally from the isle of man yeah so you what spotted you what were you interested in then which sports were you well when as i was growing up i did quite a lot of sports and then i started swimming in a swimming club just as normal as the age at the age of kind of about eight or nine yeah and i think i always had a good kind of engine on me and a good mental strength side so those together in swimming really helped me to start to win races and things and I think I I've to compete in the Isle of Man you actually often had to go over to England so from about the age of 11 I was going on a plane or a boat sometimes by myself on the plane being met by people that were taking me to galas 
yeah. and staying with families I didn't know, which you wouldn't be allowed to do now. My dad would write to them, yeah. you know, a few weeks before, pop it in the post, somebody would write back saying, yeah, we'll pick her up at the airport. And this is all before mobile phones. Yeah, yeah, yeah before the internet, before oh, yeah. everything. And I probably started that about age 11. I think I went to a big gala in Ireland um, for about... and and. Then I went back for years, stayed with the same family that had kind of hosted me. Oh, um, wow. And, but, uh, and then I, I also started doing cross-country. You know, I think I started at school. Okay. Uh, last year at primary school. And then yeah. um, lots of people in the Isle of Man do sport. I think partly because all the commuting distances are short, so people have a little bit of extra time. Yeah. But it's yeah. quite a big thing. And lots of people go to the cross-country races and lots of schools take people. And so, and that I started... I think it was my engine from swimming and then yeah. my determination. Yeah. I very quickly started winning races and then um, getting picked to represent Merseyside. Oh, well. And then when I was 13... So I, Merseyside, Isle of Man being very close to Merseyside. Yeah, right? so that okay. was a county we were oh, okay. allocated to. Yeah. So pretty much every sport was... I think now, a lot of the time, they go as the Isle of Man team. They've managed okay. to... But, then you like I say you'd have to fly over for every little race yeah. county thing um, and then I got my first England vest when I was 13 because I came fifth in the English girls cross country and um, wow. was picked for the intermediate team uh, and um, so at the, what point five, were you at fifth, school where were you at school then I was still in a comp in the Isle of Man okay okay um and that was a home nations international. Right, okay. Um, but I was then actually swimming probably five times a week and running once or twice, yeah. but also playing in a basketball team, which I think really helped my running in hindsight because yeah. I, was, I wasn't necessarily the most skilled, but I would just run up and down that basket court. Like, it was like doing shuttle runs for yeah. half an hour kind of thing. It, yeah, it. and yeah. I think that helped with my running. And so then I was just doing one run all with kind of adults a week. Yeah. And then sometimes my dad would take me down the golf course on a rainy evening and, and I'd just do some sprints up and down the hills when okay. there was nobody playing. He'd, he'd be shouting four in the background. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so I know you, you went to Millfield, mm-hmm. which is a big sporting school, um, I guess on a scholarship of some description. Yes, yeah, yeah. So at the time, for my sick form, I kind of progressed and I started doing a lot more, between kind of 13 and 16, doing a lot more track yeah. athletics. And at the time, I was kind of, I think I was ranked number two in the country for 1,500 metres yeah. the year of my GCSEs on the track. Wow. And I was still doing a bit of swimming. And, I, yeah, I managed to get it. My dad realised it was not really sustainable to do my A-levels and just travel all the time, back and to, back and yeah. to. And um, so I applied for a kind of a scholarship. Um, it, was, it was a mixed scholarship, so partly academic, partly your sport. Yeah. Um, so, and that, you know, that was a huge difference for and me. And so Millfield is sat in the, underneath the tour at Glastonbury. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Every time I watch Glastonbury, I, I, I bore my children and go, I used to do my hill reps on there. <laughs> oh my gosh. We used to go in a minibus from Millfield on a Monday night and sprint up and tie, down like five lots of five or something ridiculous. It was wow. steep. Yeah. yeah, it was really oh, steep. Yeah. So after Millfield... Where did you realise, you obviously, you, you knew you stood out, you were obviously spotted, you are in, in you know, England to pick you, you then went to university, mm-hmm. you went to a very prestigious university, you went to Oxford, and so then you're in the running for Oxford, triathlon yeah. for Oxford? Running, still running and just, swimming for Oxford, so I got a blue, I got quite a, 
most years I got a blue in swimming okay. and athletics and cross country. Right. Um, and I'm going to have to ask you, so this is where you met your husband representing <laughs> Cambridge. Yes, yes, yeah, exactly. We in the athletics, the varsity athletics, actually it was the freshest athletics meet. And um, yeah, I met him at the track. We would all party together afterwards okay. and got to know each other. And what was his speciality then? Let's... He was a steeplechaser. Steeplechaser. On the track, right. yeah. So, it, it, which is quite bizarre because he's the most inflex, inflexible man in the world oh, on how you heard all those, <laughs> heard all those hurdles are amazing. <laughs> Fantastic. So then, obviously, triathlon then becomes a big part of your life. You then go off to America and I guess you're into events out there as well. Well, when or? I went to an American university straight from Oxford, I was actually headhunted, well, well they, um, they basically go around and scout you um, on a year's scholarship for the track. Right, okay. But I had a few injuries and I swam quite a lot. And yeah. it was only then when I came back to London and got a job. Yeah. And bizarrely, I thought about it. Triathlon was in really in its infancy there. This yeah. was kind of 92. Okay. Um, yeah. And it was just, I think there was one Olympic at distance event in the UK. Right, then. okay. And uh, I went to my local surgery in Blackheath where I'd based myself. And it just happened that there was a nurse I went to see to register was actually from the Isle of Man. And she knew I was a sports person. She lived there now, but her family. But they send her over the local papers. Oh. And she said, oh, I know you. And she said, my husband's just set, helped set up Greenwich Tritons, this, one of the oldest traveling clubs. Oh, wow. She said, you should, because, you know, I'd always cycle because I'd cycled around in Oxford. And, yeah. I'd, you know, yeah. I think I'd done one triathlon for charity. And... Um, and she's like, you should. So I just rocked up one Friday evening and at their house, and he, that was kind of history. Then with he introduced me, helped me get sorted on the bike. You know, sometimes oh. I would head off on a Saturday morning with this group of Greenwich guys, and I was the only girl, and I would have been out on a Friday night with all yeah. the other. I was trained to be an accountant. We'd all go out on a Friday night, and I, I would leave my husband in bed and get up and go and. Oh, it was so painful just hanging on to them. Oh. But I couldn't let them drop me because I didn't know the roads out in Kent. Oh, no. But, and then they would they'd be really kind, but a little bit like, you know, impatient if I started whinging. So, yeah. you know, I just had to get on with it. So I'm looking at so Commonwealth Games in Birmingham this year. Um, I'm thinking then, so there have been Commonwealth Games in, in New Zealand and, and Canada and Kuala Lumpur. Where, where was the first one that triathlon became part of the... Yeah, so it, triathlon, it was um, Manchester 2002. Okay. Um, and okay. it was amazing. It was in, a, in the docks at Sulphur Keys and out around the city centre. So 2002. So let's just step back then because obviously I knew you then. You, yeah. Olympics, Sydney 2000. Yeah. What happened there? Or how did you get in? How did you get Yeah. Well, get that's a bit I like to remember yeah. more the journey. So to qualify, you had to, I had already been working in London and, and at done quite well in nationals and done a few European championships and then lottery and then it was announced it was going to be in Sydney. So was that, was Sydney the first place they held the triathlon yes. as well? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and it was a really okay. big deal because yeah. Sydney were massively into triathlon. Yeah. yeah Australian massive. Yeah. You know, we were swimming in the harbour by the Opera House. It was the first event because it was their showcase. They were expecting to win all the medals, etc. You know, right. so early on when Sydney got the Olympics, that was like the big deal. And we had just, in 97, I was working in a bank in the city and we just started doing lottery funding. And Triathlon got a, a book because we had Simon Lessing, who was a really good yeah, Triathlon, who actually lived in France, but was like, 
He was sponsored by Nike. He was like a really big deal kind of around the world in America, Australia, where there was more triathlon. So we got funding and actually somebody said to me, you know, if you didn't work, you'd be even much better than you are now. And you might have an outside shot of making the Olympics. So I was one of the first people to get lottery funding in 97 I went part-time in my bank and then started doing camps and then basically for 98 99 you you had to do these qualifying races so it was almost like the tennis scene where you right. you had to stay in the top 25 okay. in the world yeah and every time you didn't get you know a top 10 place or something you would people Keep might your ranking overtake. points up yeah 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 so so pretty much and lots of nations put money into it. So it was a really competitive, every, pretty much everyone was like a World Cup. Yeah. And every team had a coach traveling with them. And, you know, there was a lot of all headed towards Sydney. And it so was So where did amazing. you get to go before, before Sydney then? Where were you traveling to? Tra- well, uh, my life was amazing. And I, I think I really enjoyed it because I had also worked. Yeah. So I knew I was suddenly doing something I loved. So basically... Um, January would be in the UK and then February and March we would go to South Africa, the British team, and live in Stellenbosch and train there. We chose that because a lot of people went to Australia because of the weather, obviously to cycle and, you know, swim outdoors. But um, South Africa is much, much cheaper and the time difference meant you could go back in two. So some juniors could come out for a short time, some different coaches could come out. And then we would go from, um, there was a World Cup, in Brazil that kind of kicked off the year. So we'd go straight from South Africa to Rio. And then I'd come home, kind of actually see my husband. And then I would, we would go off to Australia and Japan. There were three, two World Cups in Japan and then one in Australia. Wow. Then I'd come back and then we would actually then go and train in the Alps cycling for the beginning of May. We used to sleep in these altitude rooms which had these machines that took you to, that took the oxygen out of the air and yeah. it was all... There was all plastic around the room, so nothing seeped in. And we would cycle up and down in the Alps. And then we'd start doing the racing season in Europe. So weekends, I might have been... Um, there was races in Milan, with the time Belgrade, um, in Spain, there, oh, Switzerland, a couple of... Geneva, and you'd just pop over for, like, sometimes just the day, almost, wow. or one night. Yeah. And you'd keep trying to keep training. Then you'd have a European Championship in July... And then often a world championships later in the summer. And then you would go, um, there was always a race in Mexico in the end of the summer. And then back to Australia and New Zealand in kind of October, November. Right, okay. And then in December, we would all go down to Bath and base ourselves at Bath Uni um, and do lots of swimming training when the weather was bad in December. So this was in the run-up. So let's come up to... When did you get your spot then on the team for the Olympics? So I, I was pre... We, they did have a trial race, which was the Windsor Triathlon in June, but I had been pre-selected because I had come sick from the World Championships in the September before. Okay. So technically you're sixth in the world? Yeah, in the September pre the Olympics. Wow, okay. And I was behind five Aussies and they were only allowed three in the team. Wow, okay. So, and how, uh, many are, how many was the GB team? Three. three. Because, because we had somebody in the top... I think I'm, I might be at the top 15. I think we definitely were allowed three. I think if there was some rules about yeah. some countries, if you were only going to get two, if they didn't have okay. somebody in the top. Yeah. The top and as it's a, still, I suppose, a relatively new sport, I guess that's why it's not open to all, all comers. And I guess now, um, you know, there's obviously big names that, are, that we associate with triathlon now because the sport's got grown mm. in, in stature now. So this thing, so Commonwealth Games... So obviously, 
the weather, you could skip over the, what happened at Olympics, but it, you had an accident. Yeah, believe. I was in a bike crash, which yeah. which happens, yeah, you know, and yeah. I wasn't, I'd landed on my head and I was slightly, oh. my helmet was smashed, so they, I really wanted to get up and carry on, but the the officials were kind of having none yeah. of it. Um, and it was perhaps quite fortunate because there was a Japanese girl who also did the same, who managed to get on back on. And then she fell a bit later and completely ripped off the front of her oh, face because she was probably concussed. Yeah. So, so that's one of the things you have to face in when you even like the Tour de France, when you have massive crashes, you see them and you just think you cannot believe these people are going to get up. And that's, mm. you're basically, you've just swum. You're no, there's no protection. You're, if you've come off your bike, it's, it's not nice, is no, it? No, no. Exactly. Well, certainly, you're, so, you know, you get a lot of road rat. You know, I, uh, ha- I have to done a race before where there was a crash in front of me and I in Scott, Stockholm and I skidded into them to avoid them so I actually didn't hurt myself but I literally all one side because I was in a swimming costume yeah. on the bike yeah. all one side of me and for about two weeks my bed sheets just used to stick ah, to my oh my my open <laughs> skin okay so you've gone for the Olympics you're now an Olympian so you're well known um as uh, in the not just in the I suppose that's when your media career, I guess, you came into mm. the media then. So then you had, as you've just mentioned, Commonwealth Games 2002, first one that in, at Manchester that introduced the Commonwealth, the triathlon into the Games. So you competed, did you compete in that? No, one? no, no. I was, um, I had my first son in 2001 because I was already 32 by then. Yeah, yeah. So um, I was thinking about coming back, but I commentated. Commentate. Yeah. On, I do remember seeing that, hearing that. <laughs> on the BBC? Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, oh, at the event, so you would have event. heard me. Yeah. Um, I actually did the live kind of thing that was tannoyed around the event. Shoot. Okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, fantastic. Which was, the hardest thing about that was present uh, as they people, the, the triathletes walk out onto the pontoon before they dive in one at a time and you announce yeah. them. And some of the names were a bit crazy. Yeah. And that was where I, I always have sympathy now for commentators and names. I know exactly what you mean when I've been at St. Albans City doing the football. <laughs> Don't uh, want to get it wrong. No, and we do. <laughs> so, I mean, you just proved how disciplined the sport is and what you need to do. So think about what were your, what do you see as, as your greatest achievements in sport? I know there's lots of other things, you know, and I, you know two great lads... Um, but what do you feel is your greatest sporting achievement? Well, um, obviously getting to the Olympics was a, a huge thing. So yeah. those are multiple events where I constantly performed. Yeah. Um, one of my biggest things when I was young was winning the English schools track and field. Okay. That was a huge thing. And then more recently when I finished the Marathon des Sables. Oh, well, I could talk about that. So you ran, and this is something that I just... Cannot believe when I've seen it. So you ran the Marathon de Sable. If anybody doesn't know that, it's the toughest foot race on earth across the Sahara Desert. It's six days of running over 250 kilometres. That's 156 miles. And you did it with a friend, mm-hmm. Angie Coyer. Yeah. 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 Who, I, who I know as well. And I just think that's... What, what, how did you do that? I know. <laughs> you when you say that? that, I kind of think that too. <laughs> what? What was she doing? Yeah, well, I... Yeah, exactly. We, you know, we'd done an Ironman and done some challenges like that. And I yeah. always... I say to most people, an Ironman is an ultimate healthy challenge. You know, yeah. it's 
3.8k swim, 180 kilometers on the bike, and you run a marathon. And most people could do that, even while they're working or whatever. You can probably do enough training if you set out early enough. But then once you've done that, you do start to look for other things. Well, certain people might do. I I think you have to be of a certain mental strength to even take on, A, an ultramarathon. But this is... This is totally off, 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 piece, the, yeah. off the planet. This, <laughs> well, it, I think for, if you don't like that, I was lucky that I've raced and trained in the heat a lot. I think if you really, you know, it was 50 degrees the first day and they had the biggest dropout they'd ever had on, uh, they've been doing it for years, you know, and um, you're in the middle of the desert and it's 50 degrees and there is nothing. And you've only got the kit that you want to take. You, when you, so you're going from one station to another, that certain, that distance... And then you have to, you've got how much water have you got with you? Yeah, so you, you have to carry everything. And to me, that was the hardest part, actually. I, the run, you, you know, you walk some of it because you're climbing at ravines or you're, you're going over sand and it's yeah. easier to, it's just as efficient to walk yeah. going up as it, as it is to run. But the hardest part was you carry everything from day one. So you go as light as possible, but they make you, so you have bags with kind of dry, dried food in and, you know, minimum though. And they make, they do say you have to have 2000 calories in there. So you look at all the calories you've got and you bag everything up and then that takes up most of your bag. And then they give you a flare, which then is also then one kg. And then you, you kind of, you don't, you would just take perhaps a really thin thermal um, top to put on at night. It gets cold at night. Yeah. Very cold. Yeah. And it can be, yeah, it can be windy. We were lucky. It wasn't windy. And you've got a a lightweight swimming, uh, sleeping bag, sorry, that you, you don't want it to be not a really cheap one. You know, you, that's mm. the thing you invest in because if you get yeah. cold at night and you haven't got enough energy going in in the day, yeah. you'll really struggle. And then you have a you have a, like a venom pump. There's things you have to have with you. Oh yeah, catch your bit. There's, there's quite a lot of tarantulas snack. around. Oh okay. Quite okay. a lot of tarantulas around. Just, oh my Just wandering around. Um, and then you just literally the mat I took after the first day I ripped off and just so it was a very small bit that covered my back so even though you're lying on rocks it was so hard to have the that that six days worth of food and then you know your sleeping bag and you carry just a pair of flip flops on the back but I wore the same clothes I had yeah. one tiny little deodorant um and then um you get gift that's the one thing you have is they have in every ten k they give you like a litre and a half bottle of water and you okay. run kind of holding that. Wow. And there is, But you're not, if you ask for more, you get time additions. So you have this little thing on a string, um, on a stretchy cord that they stamp when they hand you the water. Right, okay. So, and then you need to save a bit of it for your dried food. Oh my but, gosh, so um, it's like a voucher scheme for water. And... <laughs> oh yeah, God. yeah, but actually there is enough, there is yeah. enough. And then they make, they give you all these salt tablets that you have to take like... 20 a day or something. So you didn't go delirious? The first day I was I was quite close to the end, yeah. I mean, yeah. quite a lot of people went on drips that first night that didn't even, they made the cut off and then they put them on drips overnight. Wow. I, yeah. I was probably quite close to doing that. At one point I kind of just sat down and thought, I can't Oof. go on. I mean, so that the strength to do that is just that, an experience you've got now, and I'm thinking about some of the stuff that you do. So obviously you're, you've been on your journey you know, mm-hmm. and now yeah. you're giving a lot back. So, you know, Triforce is the local triathlon club. That's right, yeah. My, 
uh, that was predominantly, I was involved in that right at the start, kind of back in the early 2000s. And my husband was a treasurer and we, and then we did kids stuff. That's a really good established club now. Right. More recently, I was, I helped at the running club and then I've been a co- coach at Costa, initially okay. voluntary and then paid. So Costa is the city of St Albans swimming club. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's, that's based, it. so that's, I mean, that's great for people who, for, for kids who, the standard's really high there. Mm, yeah, I mean, they start with a learning school. Yeah, most of the swimming clubs do have, you know, a learning school, yeah. um, and then you, you know, they progress to kind of proper training. Okay, so you've got athletics club, so mm. always athletics club, swimming club. So are you spotting anybody there that you encourage to go and do triathlon? Yeah. <laughs> well, the beauty is a lot of these kids that get involved are already their parents. Are, oh. You know, involved. Or yeah. do something or see something. I mean, around here, kids are very lucky. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of yeah. kind of encouragement, parental encouragement. Um, but there are some kids that already do, that are good swimmers, but also do some running. And then yeah. the cycling. I often, people come to me because I would coach, that's what I kind of do so, as a job now. So we're also then, that's cycling. So Verulam Cycling Club, are you saying that people come do that? And then, I mean, I know... The thing that you, the company you run right now is is designed, you, you set this up, it's called Beatbike? Beatbike, yeah, beatbike.co.uk. Um, we set it up originally doing spinning classes in uh, the Cricket Pavilion. I, I remember doing one of yes, those sessions and it was very hard work. <laughs> <laughs> but with a beautiful view over yes. the cricket pitch. <laughs> I didn't see much, I was seeing stars. <laughs> Oh, everybody loved it because if you didn't want to go in a gym, it was the great workout. Yeah. Uh, and we tailored the music to every class. We did easier classes, we did harder classes, we did sportive classes for events. Yeah. We did, and we were doing about I think at our peak we were doing sixteen classes a week there. Wow! And then, so now you're taking out groups of ladies, men. Yeah. Mixed so groups? then, then we moved a bit more to out. I'm absolutely passionate about outdoor cycling, and right. we moved doing more of that. Say about. 2014 2015 and it's just as evolved mostly as women so I'm trying to I give I we do skills classes to get women feeling confident enough to go out on the bike yeah and there's lots of skills you can learn that make you feel much more at one and you are in and to remind you you are in control of your bike yeah and you can be safe yeah if you know you know certain things um which are not always obvious at the start and then we run two rides Tuesday and Friday and it's amazing to watch women that have just come on the skills class just, you know, every week come and just get stronger and more confident and then are going off cycling in Europe with their husbands and, you know, they would right. never have dreamed about it. And I think, as some people said, it's kind of like a mental therapy as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's something that feel really passionate about like I said at the start yeah and I love being able to do that and helping people and helping people get out on the bike so anyone listening right now who it might be you know think they may maybe chaps listening who are then thinking my wife would like to get involved in cycling but she doesn't want to come with me so this is a good opportunity to yeah so if you emailed info at beats bike yeah so b-e-a-t 
bike.co.uk okay um and just we that's what we do a lot of i we do some just one-to-ones just or as a group or we find a few people or some people just want a little bit of advice or a little bit of help yeah it's, we're very flexible Brilliant. and can tailor it that sounds great so anybody listening and wants to get involved must get in touch with you and i know i don't want to hold you up all, all evening so there's one last thing i want to talk about it's your involvement as an ambassador at 948 foundation so we've spoken about that in the past, and I mean, you're the perfect ambassador, as I see, for, for St Albans, for this 948 Foundation. It's, uh, not many people know much about it, but tell us a little bit what you have been involved in recently, and yeah. how you see it might, people listening right now might think, oh, I've not come across that. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's a foundation to help basically promote sport in young people in the St Albans district, to help right. facilitate young people to do sport more sport and they give out there's a, there's a pot of money and there's a group of us on the board that meet three times uh, four times a year quarterly yeah. and people can download the form from the 948 foundation um website and can apply teams individuals but the idea is we're reaching out to as many people as possible and i know local schools get involved local sports clubs can get involved yeah but the other thing if i understand correctly they're running a lottery absolutely so there is the the um there is actually something which a lot of people perhaps haven't heard of yet it's quite new it's a st albans district community lottery and it basically it's a pound a ticket the jack every saturday the jackpot prize is twenty five thousand. there are also smaller prizes going right down to 2500 250 so if you match um all all six numbers that's it it's you you can win twenty five thousand, and then if you match five numbers so it's a proper lottery and then I think the lowest, if you match two numbers, you get three free entries. And the 948 Foundation is part so, of Yeah, that. so then if you, if you go on to the, the lottery, so it's called the St Albans District Community Lottery. If you go into their website, basically they, it's, it's got a load of different charities, from housing charities to sports to... So that every pound you pay through their charity, yeah. and you can click on it, yeah. um, they get 60 p of every pound 50 of it goes sorry the 60p of every pound goes to a charity yeah 50 of it goes to that charity you clicked on yeah 10 of it goes to a general pot pot got you got you um, okay. and it's so it is fantastic it's a proper because all the charities are local it's a proper proper community, community ch- charity oh, where that's... people are going to benefit but you could win 25 grand wow. so what's not to you know what's not to like about yeah. that <laughs> oh well, that's something we must definitely promote going forward oh Sean you know it's been brilliant talking I mean it, there's so much I know you might want what you may have more to say right now it's the run-up to the Commonwealth Games how do you see the Commonwealth Games going this year you've seen that you're part of 2012 London 2012 yeah. And this is huge. What's going to happen for Birmingham? I and it's been—it's sort of been kept quiet. It's not been as much noise about this games. Um, is there anybody we should be looking out in triathlon? Well, yeah, I mean the triathletes will do well, but it is yeah. a tough certain sports where the Aussies, Canadians, you know, there are certain sports that are definitely really competitive. And yeah. triathlon, there will be great races. You know, they're definitely ones you should go up. I would just encourage people to you know look at the timetable, see some of the. There are also a second hand, well not second, a resale tickets. Right. Okay. I've got some tickets I now can't use, so I'm about to sell them on the resale. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, but there are uh, obviously the triathlon, the cycling, the marathon running, you can go and watch from the streets. Yeah. And I, being kind of part of Manchester and seeing what it did for the city, obviously we all know what Lon- what happened for London, you know. Mm. It's a real boost, it's a real buzz. Yeah. But I think the Commonwealth Games even more so, in slightly smaller cities, you know, really regenerates the cities. Yeah, and, and I've, I've seen some, and I, but some of the activities also taking in London, so it's not a million miles, it's no. split between here, yeah. Birmingham and London. And I know there are some local St Albans people who are competing. I think there's some athletes, there's a lady, I can't think of her name right now off the top of my head, but I yeah, think she's in the... sprinter. Yeah, a sprinter. So, yeah. But um, it sounds like it's definitely something to be keeping an eye on and watching in the next mm. few weeks over there on the BBC. Yeah, brilliant, oh. brilliant, yeah. But Sean, thank you so much for your time today. I think we're going to definitely get you back. You know, there's certain other <laughs> sports that, uh, that are coming up and your insight into being... The mental strength and the ability to, to, to be a sportsman at this sort of senior level, at the highest level, has been fantastic. So thank you very oh. much, Sean. Oh, my pleasure. <laughs> thank you. <laughs>